Here I am. Rock me like a podcast. Yeah. Here I am. Here I am. And I'm rocking your podcast. It's the Harland Highway. Hello, my friends. I'm Harland Williams. Thanks for uh, riding down the highway again today. It's another beautiful day. Today is the first day of the rest of your wife. What? Um, wonderful podcast today. We're going to be touching on some kind of serious topics. We're going to be talking about the whole bullying epidemic. And I have some interesting theories on why bullying maybe isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. Hear me out. Hear what I have to say. See what you think. Uh, we're going to be talking about fist bumps. Um, we have a celebrity Christmas caroler coming into the studio today. Should be fun. I don't know who it is just yet, but we'll find out. We're going to the celebrity racetrack, the Harland Highway Celebrity Racetrack. We have a race today, some great celebrities. We're going to be talking about the flu as we get into flu season and violence at theme parks. Maybe everything isn't all right in the Magic Kingdom. Wait till you hear what one of the Disney characters did to one of the tour eye. But I'm not doing anything but good stuff right here on the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. <laughs> Man, keep it going. Love the show. You're hilarious. My blanket, my blue blanket. Give me my blue blanket. Fasten your seatbelt. You're riding down the Harland Highway. It's the Harland Highway. Have you checked the children? Hey, Harland. Love everything about you. Speaking of your sex stories. Uh, in the bathroom of uh, Barnes & Noble, where there's only three stalls, and we ended up getting the one that was busted, or uh, one that worked, the one next to us was busted. So by the time my lady friend and I were finished, there was a line out the door, and um, it was awfully embarrassing walking out. And then a gentleman tried to sell his CDs before we could leave. Uh, sorry, I'm nervous. I just... Think you're awesome. Love everything about this podcast is great, and uh, the Raspberry Eyes was terribly funny. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, don't you hate that? You make love in a public bathroom or at a bookstore or a Barnes and Noble, and on the way out, they try to sell you some CDs. God, the nerve! Hilarious. Um, and in case you're wondering, he made a mention to Raspberry Eyes. If you go to uh, harlandhighway.com to the website you can actually see a clip it's uh, it's kind of a thing that went down when i visited tom green's talk show and i won't say any more you just got to go see it. it it's it's a clip of me and tom and uh it's the only talk show interview i think i've ever done where i lost it and just kind of went into a giggle fit it's one of those clips that you kind of start laughing just watching it because everyone else starts laughing. So check it out at harlandhighway.com. Good afternoon, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm Charles Parsley. Welcome to the Harland Highway Celebrity Racetrack. Today we have 
Cher in gate one, boxer champion Mike Tyson in gate two, Mark Wahlberg in gate three, and Robert Redford in gate four. There they are, they're jostling in the gate, they're waiting for that trumpet to sound, and the gate, they will have a fantastic race today. And here we go, and there they go, they're off, they are off, the celebrities are on the run, the celebrities are on the run. And here comes Cher, Cher trotting down the track in a dainty gallop, tearing up the mud as she goes. She's wearing a fantastic, some kind of giant feathered costume. She seems to be blocking the way for Mike Tyson, who's coming in behind Mike Tyson, boxer extraordinaire, the tattoo on his face glistening in the sunlight. Robert Redford coming up behind at a steady pace. And Mark Wahlberg, superstar actor, producer Mark Wahlberg, tearing down the track. And Mark Wahlberg has stopped. He's stopped in front of the fans and he's glaring at them with that expressionless smirk on his face. He's just staring them down, challenging them to come out of the stands and perhaps pick with them. But there goes Robert Redford. Robert Redford has picked up the pace. He's going down the track. And Mike Tyson still trying to get around Cher and a fantastic costume that is spreading out across the track, blocking his way. Mike Tyson is getting irritated. He runs up behind Cher. He punches Cher in the back of the head. Cher has turned around. A look of nothing on her face because she can't move her face muscles. Mike Tyson punches Cher in the face. Her face does not move. He punches her again. One, two, three. A four-punch combination and an uppercut. Cher's face is immobile. It has not changed expression. Mark Wahlberg's face does not change the expression. He stands there glaring at the crowd with all this commotion. Robert Redford has made a move. His wrinkled skin starting to slip off his body. His wrinkled aged skin starting to peel off his body. His skeleton starting to emerge from his own skin. Tyson and Cher still having it out. Tyson punches away, but nothing moves on Cher. Wahlberg still staring. It looks like Robert Redford's skeleton has left his skin. It's Robert Redford's skeleton headed for the finish line. And Robert Redford's skeleton wins by a long shot. And Cher and Mike Tyson still punching away. And Mark Wahlberg just glaring blindly into the audience. We hope you enjoyed today's Celebrity Races. I'm Charles Parsley. We'll see you next time at the Holland Highway Celebrity Racetrack. <laughs> yeah, it's flu season, people. Are you getting ready? Oh, gosh, flu season. You know how it works. You shake someone's hand, and it's all sweaty and slimy, and then you rub your eyes, or you pick your nose. Next thing you know, the virus is in ya. You got the flu, man. And then you're down for like nine days, just feeling like a slimy, slingering, slungering, sleeky, slonky slug. Oh, man. That was a long way to go to say slug, but I did it. And do you go for the flu shot, huh? Is that thing a little weird to you people, or is it just me? I mean, uh, they're taking, uh, like, a live flu virus and shoving it in your arm and, and pushing in the flu with a needle. How? Somebody tell me how that stops the flu. Um, hey, man, I don't want to get the flu, so could you give me the flu so I don't get the flu? Sure. Ah!
Wow! Isn't that weird? It's like going up to a guy with a gun. Hey man, would you mind shooting me with your gun so I don't get killed when you shoot me later? Okay. Thanks, man. I don't know. I guess it works, right? I guess the process is they inject you with a live active flu virus and your body assimilates and creates some kind of anti-venom or I don't know. I'm not a doctor, people. That's right. I said anti-venom. <laughs> I don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> You're listening to Harlan Williams. Inject yourself with flu. I'm going to stick with laughter as the best medicine. That's what I'm going to do. And again, I am no doctor, but let me share my experience with you, okay? Like most of you, I probably got the flu like once a year, sometimes twice a year, or what have you. And it sucks. It knocks on your ass for a week or two weeks. And um, I don't know. You know, I meet a lot of people. I get a lot of random people walking up to me more than the average person because people recognize me and they want to shake my hand. Hey, what's up? Hey, I love your movies. You know, that stuff, right? Which is a kick. It's a thrill. I, I like seeing people excited. But what I realized is I'm shaking a lot of hands, and I don't know where these hands have been, and I don't know who these hands belong to, and yada, 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 and it's flu season, and it's a scientific fact that the flu virus uh, gets transmitted uh, from touching, from skin on skin, and I'm not one of these germaphobes like Howie Mandel. I'm not like I can't touch a doorknob or anything like that, but... I I started doing the fist pumping thing, or not pumping, the fist pounding thing, right? Where instead of shaking hands, you just kind of clench your fist and kind of pound the other person's fist, okay? And I've been doing this now for maybe two years. I started to make it a practice. And I got to tell you, I have not been getting the flu the way I used to. Now, whether this is just a random fluke or not, I don't know. But it feels like by eliminating the handshake, I've cut out a lot of the risk of acquiring the flu virus. So, since it seems to be one of the most predominant ways you can get it, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just random luck. I don't know if it's just weird timing that I haven't been getting it as much. But you know what? I'm I'm saying it right here, right now. We should all be doing the fist pump thing or fist pound, right? Because if we know, if we know it's a scientific fact that we transmit the flu by touching and shaking hands, and like I said, if you shake someone's hand who has the flu, the bacteria gets on your fingers, you rub your eye, nose, or mouth, boom, chances are you get it. At least that's what I've been told. That's what I've read, okay? There might be some flu doctor listening right now going, this guy's a mental case. The hell is he talking about? You can only get the flu from a toilet seat. What the hell is this guy, an idiot? Where'd he go, DeVry? So anyways, I'm thinking, you know, since it's such a huge epidemic, since the taxpayers have to pay for flu shots, since it knocks people on their ass, since it makes us feel miserable, since it's dangerous to pass viruses on, 
It knocks people out of the workplace. It, it causes our economy to suffer as well as people suffer physically. Shouldn't the government, like, instead of spending, you know, money on commercials going, bullying is mean. When you bully people, it hurts. Bullying's just, stop bullying. It's like, great, we get it. But you know what? It's part of humanity. Every generation is going to get bullied. Yeah, it's wrong. It's stupid. It should stop. It never will. And at a primal level, it's probably part of creating a pecking order in society. All right? If you break it down, you ever watch a nature show? You ever see uh, in a bird's nest, uh, very often the bigger bird will push the little bird right out of the nest? Or when uh, wild animals are suckling, it's the more dominant uh, animal that gets to the mother's teat. Uh, when animals are, are wrestling, uh, you know, lion cubs and wolf cubs and bear cubs are wrestling. It's always the bigger, pushier guy that gets the scraps of food. And in essence, it's the way it works with, with humans. We are humans. We grow up. We develop. And uh, we create a pecking order. And as savage and brutal and uh, kind of unfair as it seems, I hate to say it, and I'm not a psychologist, but I have a feeling that bullying is part of what sorts that whole mess out. Okay? Now, I'm going to get back to the fist-pounding thing, but now I'm off on the bullying thing. So we've all been bullied, and bullying kind of creates the hierarchy. Now, it is tragic when someone gets bullied to the point that they, they can't cope and they take their own lives. But to completely eliminate bullying from society, I don't know. I don't know if that would actually have a negative effect because, once again, it probably goes against our primal urges, you know. And there's people probably saying, this guy's a moron. He's promoting bullying. I'm not promoting bullying. I'm just saying it's part of it's part of the human existence. It's part of growing, it's part of maturing, and it sucks. Believe me, I was bullied when I was a kid. I went to an all boys boarding school for three years. You want to talk about bullying? You want to uh talk about uh being cornered and uh beat up and punched and uh you know. I got my ass bullied off. Believe me. I hated it. But I'll tell you one thing. The bullying probably strengthened me in a way. You know, it it kind of uh, gave me a thicker skin. It taught me how to stand up for myself. And uh, if nothing else, it helped me kind of polish my sense of humor and my wit because that became my weapon in a boarding school where it was a bunch of uh, cranked up uh, young men and boys on uh, their adolescent uh, theramones and their hormones. And believe me, there was a lot of fist flying and, and uh, posturing and uh, egos. And, uh, you know, you got kicked around at an all-boys boarding school, man. And I was a scrawny little kid. So guess what I did to combat the the uh, bullying, I would bully people back with my voice, with my mind. I had to sharpen my wit. I had to sharpen my ability to out-talk and out-maneuver and uh, out-think 
the bullies. And it worked. I mean, I had guys that were afraid to pick on me because they knew the ramifications would be a hell of a lot worse when, you know, I whipped up the rest of the school into calling them a nickname. Or I could make them look stupid in a crowd because, you know, they'd start trying to, you know, go head-to-head with me. And I could kind of shoot them down kind of the way I do when I'm at a comedy club and I get a heckler, right? So it's probably the same thing. But uh, in a way, bullying can can, uh, give you a backbone. But, of course, the downside is bullying can also um, knock people right down and out for good. So here's, here's, let me surmise with the bullying thing, just so people aren't like, oh, God, he loves the bullying. I don't love the bullying. I wish there wasn't bullying. There is bullying. And I have a sneaky reason, uh, I have a sneaky feeling there's a reason somewhere in there for the bullying as far as human development goes, human uh, society. We, we learn young how to cope. We, we learn young about pecking orders and power and structure and uh, the class system and society. And, and look, nothing in life is easy. Most things in life hurt, even love, okay? And growing up and, and going through adolescence and childhood, it's not all uh, Ferris wheels and uh, chocolate brownies, man. In fact, I, I dare to say it might even be healthy for a kid to take a ding here and there. Because it, uh, it grows a thick skin. It helps prepare you. And, uh, you know, those are my thoughts on it. Now, getting back to the fist pound thing, okay? Instead of wasting uh, money on a lot of these uh, commercials where, uh, you know, the bullying or you know, David Schwimmer tells us that uh, it's not good to eat uh, too many vegetables or there's, uh, you know, Charlie's Angels telling us uh, we shouldn't run by the swimming pool and, you know, all these you-need-to-know crap things. Shouldn't the government put some money into a, a campaign, an advertising campaign, an awareness campaign where they go, look, shaking hands can spread a flu, or the flu, which, by the way, claims thousands of lives every year. I don't know what the numbers are, but thousands of people die from the flu every year in America. So what I'm saying, why don't they create a campaign where they're saying, you know what, handshaking isn't required anymore. You don't need to handshake anymore. What what you need to do is when you see someone and you want to greet them and you feel the need to make contact, just do that quick little fist pound. And that way you're you're not exchanging sweaty palm oil and mi- microbacterias and things of the like. It's still a greeting. It's still an acknowledgement. You're still making uh, flesh contact, but I don't know anyone who uh, rubs their eyes, picks their nose, or picks their teeth with their knuckles. So you've just reduced the odds of getting the flu if that's, in fact, how it's transmitted skin to skin. Okay? Also, it looks a little cooler. And B, think of it. Shaking someone's hand is a little weird. You know, what do they do with that hand? I think you know. Just ask yourself, what do you do with your hand? 
Yeah, what have you touched? What do you do? I don't even want to get into it. I think you know what you do with your hand, and guess what? We all do it. And here you are putting it in someone else's hand. I know I'm getting creeping everyone out. But, you know, from what I understand, the handshake uh, came from, the origin of the handshake came from way back in the day when uh, mankind was always uh, at war with someone else, one tribe or one race or one class was always uh, fighting with another. People carried swords, they carried weapons, and as a way to show that there was no weapon in their hand, uh, enemies or people greeting each other would extend their hand as a way of saying, hey, look, there's nothing in my hand, we're cool, let's shake, okay? Well, people don't walk around with swords anymore, and, you know, we're not that kind of society. So let's put the money into something useful, okay? Let's, uh, let's, let's promote the fist pump. Why do I keep saying pump? Bump! The fist bump. The fist pound. It's not a pump. Thank you. You're welcome. Um... And maybe, just maybe, we'll uh, cut back on the whole flu virus, okay? The whole flu epidemic. Wow, that was a long one, folks. I, for those of you that stayed with me, thank you. I just uh, spewed my theories about bullying and saving humanity from the deadly wrath of the uh, flu virus. Wow. Um. I think we better get right back into something else and lighten the load right now. Achoo! Oh, boy. Trouble in Disneyland. Yeah, you're here on the Harland Highway, and I said it. Did you hear about this kid? Uh, There was a family posing for a picture with one of the beloved Disneyland characters, Tigger. You know Tigger. Apparently he was posing for a picture, and I guess, I don't know, maybe one of the kids goosed him or pulled his tail or whatever. He turned around and clocked one of the kids right in the face. (laughs) 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 Imagine that, man. Snuggling up to old Tigger, and he does a Bruce Lee on your ass. Oh, man, what's next, man? You know, you're at Disneyland, and uh, you're looking for the bathroom, and you take a wrong turn down a, a, an alleyway, and there's Winnie the Pooh with a gun or a switchblade. Oh, excuse me. Could I have your wallet? So I could go and buy some more honey. <laughs> oh, God. What do we do when cartoon characters go violent? Imagine that. You're a chick at a bar and Eeyore starts hitting on you. Hey, baby, what's your sign? I don't really care. Let's just get in the back of my convertible and have salacious sex. I don't do doggy style, but I do do donkey style. Excuse me, but do you mind if I watch? <laughs> I'm bouncy, trouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. I'll have an orgy with anyone. <laughs>
Ah, yes, Disneyland, the happiest place on Earth. You know what else is the happiest place on Earth? All of Earth at Christmas time. It gets very happy. Everyone gets in a good mood. Everyone feels good, right? And I guess my producers, as a way to promote the cheer as we get closer to the big day coming up very soon, uh, they thought we should have a celebrity in to sing uh, famous Christmas songs. And I was like, all for it. <sighs> Until I found out who they got. And, oh, God, this is just going to be. Let me just get to it. They decided to get a dead guy. Okay? They decided nobody sings Christmas songs better than Bing Crosby. So they dug him up. And here he is in studio, here to sing some Christmas songs. Hello, Mr. Crosby. Hello, Harlan. Uh, how are you, I guess? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Okay, are you drunk, sir? Wow, so you're dead and you're drunk. Hello, Harlan. Okay, what are you going to sing? Uh, how about a holiday classic, Harlan? How about White Christmas? Okay, how about it? Let's... Wow. Wow. Okay, here we go. Bing Crosby. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bing Crosby singing White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the one I used to know when the bells are ringing and Your Christmas is me white. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like a one I used to know. Oh, God. Great, you puked all over my studio. Unbelievable. Oh, God. Well, happy Christmas. Here we go. Bing Crosby. Folks, thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch you next time. Don't forget uh, to check out uh, Stitcher.com so you can hear the podcast on your cell phone. It's a free app at Stitcher.com. Check out the websites, FudgeFilm.com, HarlandHighway.com, and HarlandWilliams.com for all your Christmas shopping needs. Check out our web store. And uh, thanks for coming along for the ride here today. We'll catch you next time. And until then, oh, God.
chicken chow mein, everybody. Hello. Hello, Harlan. This is Sean Keen calling. Uh, okay. What's going on, man? I choked on my own vomit. It's my fault. I was eating it too fast. What? What the hell are you talking about, man? Thank you. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. Thank you.